You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast. so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. This week, John just joined me in talking about Stranger Things Season 3, Episode 6, In Pluribus Unum. Did I say that right? E pluribus unum. E pluribus yeah. unum. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Stranger Things. We are still talking about it. We are still, but we are sans Stephen this week. Oh. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> one more and he's out. One more. One more strike. <laughs> Jeez, John. Oh. Evil. <laughs> uh, but no, we have plenty of things to talk about. Otherwise, so let's go ahead and get into it. First thing I want to talk about is a director. For Venom 2, which I didn't realize that Ruben Schleicher wasn't going to be coming back. I mean, he obviously did a good... I didn't like the movie, but he did a good <laughs> enough job for the movie yeah. to, to reach a billion dollars. He's not coming back. They they released earlier this week a short list of the directors that it could be that they're trying to talk to. Uh, Travis Knight, who most recently directed Bumblebee. Rupert Wyatt, who directed... Uh, why am I forgetting what he directed? He directed, oh, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Is that right? Yeah. Mm. So um, he, had, he, he had that. And then we have Andy Serkis, who uh, most recently directed Mowgli. But, I mean, we know Andy Serkis is an actor and a mocap mm-hmm. actor. Then Tom Hardy, at the end of the week, on his Instagram, posted a picture of Andy Serkis and, like, uh, it's a what was it a spade emoji and fire emoji? Now the spade emoji he usually uses to indicate that it's him making the the post, and as opposed to his representation. And fire, I'm guessing, is lit. So <laughs> uh, uh, that got quickly taken down by him. So m- people are saying that he might have jumped the gun in confirming that Andy Serkis is the director of Venom Two. How do you two feel about Andy Serkis directing 
that movie. I haven't seen Mowgli, so I don't know about his directing skills. I like him as an actor. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if the first one already got a billion, I guess they can take a risk and do a kind of sort of lesser known director for the sequel because you kind of know it already has an audience backing. But yeah, 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 that's I mean, and Andy Serkis knows about mocap and CG work kind of. Yeah. So I guess. Now, my question is, there was two Jungle Books movies that came out like around the same time? Yes, there's John Favreau's yeah. Jungle Book for uh, Disney, Disney, and then there is... A separate Mowgli movie? A separate Mowgli movie that I believe got released on Netflix. I don't remember. Wow. But I don't think it did good. It did not do well. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and I haven't seen it, so I can't really say for his directing style, but... I mean, if you have the choices down between the director of a movie and then one of the people that starred in that same movie that that other person directed, why would it make more sense to go after... Now, wait, you, what are you talking about? Were you saying one of the directors did Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Ah, so yes, oh. and Andy Serkis was in Rise yeah. of the Planet of the Apes. As just As the, Caesar. the motion capture of yeah, the monkey. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta think, he... he quote unquote studied under Rupert Wyatt and then he also studied under uh Peter Jackson for all those Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies. He he's got a good rep uh resume of people he worked with. I mean Matt Reeves also for the other Planet of the Apes movies. So he might have gotten some talent through the like transposite was it the uh Yeah. I know what you're trying to say not transference. Trend yeah. something transitive property. There you go. <laughs> I mean, like also, like the director is not necessarily what can make or break a movie either. If he has a really good cinematographer with him, he has a really good editing team, you know, effects team. So, you know, he does make like final decisions. But just because you're a great director doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make a great movie. Even Spielberg had flops, kind of thing. So this is true. You know, Very true. there's a lot more than just who's the director. So what could Andy Serkis bring to this besides, you know, the obvious um, CGI motion capture techniques? Maybe he can bring in some of his uh, cohorts that he's worked with in the past and just have what I'm imagining is that this is going to involve even more than just the Venom character. We're going to have some more CGI counterparts. I mean, Carnage was obviously hinted at being the next baddie. So we could be looking at that, him just working Maybe, really well with the... I, I don't know who did the special effects work for uh, the first Venom movie, but he probably has an in over at Weta, so there's that. Yeah, it probably would look a lot better, too. Yeah. The mm-hmm. special effects weren't the greatest in this they were movie. Not. Especially mm-hmm. when you have that one scene where his face half transforms. And yeah. <laughs> he just has the big white eyes and the big teeth. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that's awful. It did look bad, but it made a billion dollars. Why? Uh, it was different. It was I guess. different. It yeah, was unique. People for what were was coming out, clamoring for Venom for some reason. Yeah, because you needed a like that buddy relationship, I guess, with the main character and his symbiote. And his symbiote. Oh yeah, I have a symbiote. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. All right. Well, yeah, Andy Serkis is more than likely going to be our director at this point uh, for the sequel or. Maybe they jumped the gun. Uh, Andy Serkis did recently come out and say, yes, we are in discussions. We are in talks. So that doesn't mean that he signed yet. 
Okay, so uh, speaking of horror movies, James Wan is going to direct a horror movie for Warner Brothers or New Line before uh, directing Aquaman 2, which Aquaman 2 is supposed to start production in, 20, in, what was it, August of 2020? What did we say? A earlier? whole year from now, yeah. Yeah, a whole year from now. So, uh, I mean, that gives him a time, I guess, less than a year to make a movie. It's a movie that no one knows about yet, but it's a horror movie, so maybe he doesn't need a lot of time to make them. Well, those Blumhouse movies are usually super quick turnaround because of how they're made with their production and budget yeah. schedules just being really small. But this isn't a Blumhouse. This is a new line, which is Warner Brothers. Oh. So, I mean, still, it's a horror movie. It can be turned around real quick. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that's where he got his teeth. He cut his teeth. Is that the phrase? Cut your teeth? He dipped his toe. That's where you got to start. He's That's what I'm trying to say. What is bed? Horror. I don't think it's wet your bed. Uh, but yeah, he you know he made he made like the the Saw movies. So yeah. horror, horror movies are right yeah. there. Are you excited about another horror movie from James Wan? No, no, not really. Nothing at all. No. I was like, can we not do that and just go straight into Aquaman? Do you really need another Aquaman yeah. movie that bad? Do you? Because that also made a billion dollars, but I thought it was terrible. It, you know what? It was terrible. <laughs> But it was entertaining. Okay. It was one of those where, you know, if you just don't pay attention to the plot, no. the non-existent plot, <laughs> it so it's, it's got some fun, you know, explosions. It definitely has explosions. It, it does have explosions. <laughs> Every time there's a moment where there's a silence, it, there's an explosion. It's a, it that, does that's how you transition scenes in this movie. Yeah. That 360 camera pan of making out with a hot chick with explosions in the background. Right next I still, to you. I still can't get over that. It was horrible <laughs> um but yeah that, that's it's a thing so it's it's a possibility that uh i i believe they were also supposed to make the the deep movie or no the trench i'm sorry the trench which is mm. the 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 scary monster version of aquaman or not version but the part of aquaman where those things were like piranha looking people those lovecraftian yeah. creatures yeah thing so there's supposed to be that movie that was supposed to come out before aquaman maybe that's what this is this yeah. might be what that maybe, this yeah. is but i i don't see why they wouldn't have just announce it as that why are they keeping an untitled horror movie also what part of the ocean is this where there's these obvious monsters that... it was the bermuda triangle yeah i was gonna say bermuda oh yeah. was that where they went yeah yeah that way no one knows about it because no one makes it through because the no one ever comes out it's just a... <laughs> i don't know why i thought that you know my geography in this movie they go just so many they places do. Gosh, they travel they do. so quick I don't too know. yeah i was like they i don't know where we are all now. these hard to solve riddles <laughs> <laughs> very quickly where where he could have just peed on it or the stupid bottle scene where he has to place something in someone's hand to look through it and yeah. he's going through all the like, generals <laughs> and it's like how about the one that looks like it's holding something <laughs> like it's probably that it's one probably that one <laughs> that would make sense thank god uh, so yeah it, the, no one's excited about seeing James Wan's horror movie we're just not that crowd though so I no. mean you're a horror movie person though yeah but I you know what I haven't really liked modern horror none N not really what about the It movies? The It movie was fun, but yeah. it wasn't scary. No, it really wasn't scary. I liked like Us. Us was also another like psychological kind of thriller. Yeah, that's, I like psychological yeah, same. over over slasher gore. gore yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really scary either, though. It just had a really interesting premise. I would say that was more sci-fi than anything. Okay. 
But yeah, like, and so was Get Out. Yeah. 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 Definitely. With the brain switching or yeah. mm-hmm. mind transferring. Essentially. I feel yeah. like there hasn't been any really, really good horror in a while. And I mean, there's some indie stuff that gets released that I haven't seen that I hear about, but I haven't watched. Um, but yeah, like any mainstream stuff, that, like stuff that gets released in theaters. Like we saw The Nun. I think I was bored through most of it. Did you see The Curse of La Leona? <laughs> I wanted to. I didn't get to see it, no. but it looked like it was going to be just as bad. What about I, The Quiet Place? Ooh, that was good. That oh, one was a good I one, wasn't seen it? The Quiet Place. You didn't see I, that? I didn't no. see that one yet either. No. I like that one a lot. Is that also sci-fi though, isn't it? It's like alien I mean, type stuff. That's, a, that's what a monster movie is. It's sci-fi. Yeah, I guess. Sci-fi horror. Yeah. Just hasn't been any really, really good solid horror in a while. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I, I someone agree. get the, get, yeah. get with John. <laughs> tell him what's a good recent horror movie. I'm sure there has to be something out. There. I mean, people love the Conjuring movies. I don't. I don't particularly like Mm-mm. them, but there's also Sinister and Insidious and uh, a whole slew of other movies just like that. So you have yeah, a demon Annabelle in your series house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Babadook. People love the Babadook. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Babadook was all right. Uh, you know, the last one I saw. I'm not really scary, but it's a monster movie that I thought was really interesting. It was Krampus. Okay. Oh. I heard that was really huh. funny. I didn't watch it. it is, it's kind of a horror comedy. It's got like a Gremlins vibe. Ah, okay. Where like there's definitely real deaths that happen, but it also has like a sense of humor. You know what's funny is I always think of the Gr- of Gremlins as a family movie. Even though there's like yeah. these these things killing people in like in brutally ways, it just I always think of it as like, oh, this is a movie I watched with my family. Yeah. Well it's it definitely went to watch during Christmas time too. True, mm-hmm. that must be it. Yeah. It's got that same tradition of like die hard and all these others that just because they take a place around the holidays, even if they're not technically Christmas <laughs> movies, you can still enjoy them during the holidays. There you go. Die hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of Die Hard, kind of Bruce Willis into Kevin Smith. That's a bit. That's a stretch. Maybe. All right, Kevin Smith. <laughs> Kevin Smith went on to his Instagram to announce that hey, you saw Matt Damon in the trailer for uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Guess what? He is playing Loki again for this VSQ Universe movie. How does that work exactly? Because last time we saw Loki, Matt Damon's Loki in, in Dogma, mm-hmm. he uh, was probably going to die. And, well, yeah, that's the impression we get is that he was murdered. Um, but also, Dogma doesn't technically take place within... I mean, it, it's sort of tangential. It's more of a what-if story. So I find it interesting that they're bringing him out of that into the actual proper view askew mm-hmm. continuity now. Can you not think of any of the other, other of the storylines that intersect with Dogma from the other view askew universe movies? Um, I mean, I guess Jay and Silent Bob never talk about that time when they went up against demons and stuff like in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back or in Clerks 2. Yeah, no, that that never really was canon, I think. Although they do say in Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back or yeah, in the first one. Yeah. that uh God is female and that was obviously, you know, that's established a to dogma, dogma, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So, and I think at the end of Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, like the the end credit stinger, is um, Alanis Morissette closing the book on the VOS universe. Yeah, but then they have Clerks 2 after that. Yeah, and they reference that in uh, the documentary behind the scenes of Clerks 2, is that uh, when Alanis Morissette, a.k.a. God, closes the book, 
you see that there's a bookmark and there's still like a small section at the very end <laughs> that hasn't been written yet. He still talks about wanting to do Clerks 3. Like He should, and he should have Stephen Root play Dante's dad. Oh, wow. Okay, I can see that. Ever since I saw him in... Yeah, uh, Brian O'Halloran and, and Stephen Root look a lot alike. Yeah. yeah, and they both have that same kind of whiny sort of like, I'm not even <laughs> supposed to be here today kind of <laughs> acting. Um, last I heard, it was the actor who plays Randall that was the holdout for Clerks 3. I... He was the holdout for Clerks 2 for a long time. For the longest time, yeah. He, he came back to do uh, Zach and Miri, but no. that was him playing a different role than Randall. So I think that's why he was happy with that. But like, yeah, he was the holdout for Clerks 3. I think if he is going to be a holdout and he doesn't want to come back at all, what Kevin Smith will probably do if they do do it is that Randall will be dead. I mean, that would be kind of the next step in... Dante's life like how, how does he deal with the fact that his best friend's not around anymore yeah and that's that's what I feel like the Kevin Smith has always been hinting at trying to get around is you know the first movie is about trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life and Clerks 2 was like well still kind of haven't figured it out but, but I think that's Clerks 2 is more about what happens when life throws you a curveball yeah and then, so the third one should be like okay well I live my life now how do I deal with uh, the end of it yeah and uh, that would be a good way to kind of round it out have we hit 30 years for Clerks? Clerks was 94? Yeah. So not yet. Not yet. So 2024? Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how he brings Loki back or incorporates Loki, Loki into the story. I'm, I, I'm guessing it's going to be that he's not actually... Like he's going to be... Matt Damon's going to be playing a character named Loki in a Hollywood thing. Yeah. Could be that. It could be that. I think it's going to be just like a real quick throwaway big part, bit part. I'm just surprised he's not coming back as uh, himself playing Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, I mean he could do that too. I mean Ben Affleck played two parts in in Strikes Back, and he, so did Jason Lee, and so did Jason Lee. Yeah, yeah. so dual roles. There you go. Wasn't Matt Damon in Thor? Matt yes. Damon was in Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah but he, what, who was he playing? He, he, was, he was playing Loki. He's playing Loki. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, hasn't Matt Damon been another Loki? <laughs> so it's even more meta. It is more meta than ever. Uh, Mortal Kombat, the movie that's being produced by James Wan, is just had their writer come on and say that it's going to it's going to be R rated and it's going to include game accurate fatalities. Now, obviously, this is a big thing. Most people, I say, enjoy the original nineteen ninety four. I think it was ninety two. Ninety two Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, it's probably one of the only ones that people are like, yeah, this is a good video game adaptation. It was a very low bar. It's a very low bar. It's still a very low bar. Yeah. But uh, that's the biggest thing is that it's PG-13 instead of R, so you don't have the gore and you know fatalities that you saw in the video games. You got you had a friendship from Johnny Cage. Yeah. Uh, I think you see um, Shang Tsung suck the soul out of somebody. Yeah. But that's about it. But it's relatively bloodless. Um, there's like a neck snapping. Um Shang Tsung gets impaled on spikes, but again, it's not graphic. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I was just happy that they included Johnny Cage's like dick punch. <laughs> that made the movie Splits for into me. Dick punch, dick punch. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this it, it, that makes this movie that much more interesting. Uh, obviously, it can't be any worse than 
Annihilation. Annihilation, thank yeah. you. The second Mortal Kombat movie that was bad. That was awful. <laughs> uh, so, Fatality is an R rating. Does it make you any more excited to see this movie? Jessica? No. No? Do you have any affiliation to Mortal Kombat? No, I really don't play a lot of fighting games. I feel like I have probably played a Mortal Kombat once, but it's just not my cup of tea when it comes to video games, but it would be cool to see somebody actually do a good interpretation of a video game into mm. movie to start a new trend. That would be a good new trend. <laughs> I would yeah. be. Uh, John, were you? Have you been? Or are you a Street Fighter person or a Mortal Kombat person? Um, I was definitely back in the day more Street Fighter. Okay. Because I really hated how Mortal Kombat had that one block button in the middle, oh. and you kind of have to keep like your two, your like your middle and index or ring finger on that one and then control the punches and kicks with your index and pinky mm. i was uh. like i can't do that that's weird <laughs> um, so with street fighter you just have to push back to block yeah and then you had you know your three punches three kicks and that was it and that's all <laughs> you had to do um and so i mean both franchises have been around forever you yeah. know we've had this they, will make the third movie for Mortal Kombat, but there was a uh, machinima TV or web series for for Mortal Kombat. I don't know if anybody's ever got a chance to check that out. And then there was a couple of cartoons and TV shows. There was the cartoon. I remember that. Was there a TV show? Yeah, on like Spike TV or something way back in the day. It took place in Outer World like a thousand years ago with um, the dude with the hat. Yeah. Or Kung Kung Lao. Lao. Yeah. Did we talk about this already? It sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. I feel like I bring this up any chance I get. So. Okay. Uh, so, but we've only had the one movie of Street Fighter. We had, they had the animated movies. We also had the uh, Legend of Chun-Li. That's right. I try to forget awful. that. It is awful. That was so bad. Was it Chris Klein as the, as the male he played, protagonist? He uh, played like, Nash. That's right. He was Nash. And then you had, uh, what's McCullough... But the Donald McCullough. Donald is it Donald? Donalds, yeah, I think so. He played uh, one of the rambling dude. What was his name? The he played Dum Dum Dugan yes, in, in Captain America. To. What are the name of those guys? The oh, they're the wow, the the Howling Commandos. Yes, I was going to say the Rambling Bros. But the Rambling <laughs> Bros from World War Two. <laughs> you remember them? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Fury and his rambling bros. No, it was, uh, yeah, he was Captain America in the Howling Commandos and he was Dum Dum Dugan. Uh, yeah, he was in that movie. But yeah, he played M. Bison in the Chung Lee movie. So that was. Which, by the way, um, you've seen the movie, right? Chung Lee? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen the Chung Lee Mortal no. Kombat movie? <laughs> the explanation for why he's evil was so cringy and awful. I need Where to watch it now. It was. Oh my god! This it's cringy. Yes, Kristen Crook plays Chung Lee. So if you ever watch Smallville, or I guess she's been on B, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the 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 TV show version where she's a cop, and then oh okay. what? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's she's a, new she's a cop, and in New York City. Yep. It had like three seasons. It's really weird. Is this like a remake of the yep. 80s version? Yep. Wow. With Ron Perlman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Linda Hamilton. And Linda Hamilton. And then now she's on another CW show where she, I think she's a lawyer, but I don't know. Anyways, you were saying about the Chung Lee show movie? Oh, his name is Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough. Uh, 
Yeah, his the explanation for why Bison was evil. He was like essentially some kind of orphan that was abandoned and had to grow up in the mean streets of like Thailand. And right, like like you do. Like yeah. the the big scene showing him how he was a young street tough is that as a teenager he stole fish from like old elderly fishermen. And tough. He found out that in order to be to ascend to power and to have more strength, he had to get rid of all of his goodness. So the way he did that was he took his then pregnant girlfriend or wife. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm spoiling the movie. This is like a big twist here. But, oh no! But uh, he takes his wife, who's still pregnant, somehow like spiritually transfers anything that's good in him into the fetus. Okay. And then delivers the fetus by hand what? by essentially cutting it out of the womb. What? And that. What? And that child becomes the character Rose, which I guess is a character in the later Street Fighter games. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. And so that's why he's pure evil and really powerful because he just <laughs> just transplanted all of his goodness. So he's just concentrated evil. Yeah. Okay. It was the worst. It was so bad. Um. Mm. And Taboo from Black Eyed Peas plays Vega. That's right. Okay. Well, that's I think uh, people like... Fans were calling for that because he looks so much like him. Because he has long, straight hair. Yeah, and he's got the pale skin. But people were like, I can't stand that when it's like, oh, they look like him. I was like, do they act? Exactly. I don't think he has any lines in the movie. Probably best. Yeah, probably for for a reason, yeah. (laughs) And you just throw a mask on, and now you have a stuntman do all the kicking. Uh, All right, well, that's Mortal Kombat. What were we talking about? That was Mortal Kombat. It's getting rated our film. Uh, However, Lion King. The Lion King remake? Reboot? Remake. Live action adaptation. Live action adaptation. Have you seen the the still of the one live action scene that's in the whole movie? Or one live action still? I don't know if it's still or not. I caught the article on it, but I don't think I... Yeah, John Favreau just showed... He's like, hey, this is the one still or scene from the whole movie that's live action. And it's like just a scene. I think it's right before all the animals are starting to meet for the Circle of Life song. It's just like a scenery scene. It's no, oh, it's a song no coming animals. Up, yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. So yeah, that actually looked. There's that. But um, that reminds me, little stupid behind the scene trivia. You know that in all of the Phantom Menace, there was only one scene that had no special effects in it at all. All of Phantom Menace. In all of the Phantom Menace, there was okay. only one scene. Okay. And that was the one where you see the smoke coming out of one of the vents when they're trying to choke the jedis at the beginning oh. oh okay that was done as a reshoot apparently because it didn't look good when they did it digitally so they just shot actual smoke coming out of a grate and oh. makes sense that was it and everything else has at least some element of post-production oh going on oh. okay uh That's well our phantom menace minute <laughs> in, in just 19 days of its release the lion king has made over a billion dollars worldwide surprise why i didn't go see this you did not go see it, but it still made all the money without your help. Well, that makes me feel so special. <laughs> <laughs> but yet you went and saw Aladdin, right? Yeah. I did, yeah. That one took a little bit longer, but it crossed a billion. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then I went to see it. Oh, okay. I was like, how dare this get there without me? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought that'd be interesting. Once again, Disney has... Once again, Disney, Disney crossed, wins. Crossed yeah. the billion dollar mark. And this is why they keep making these yeah. awful live action adaptations oh. that are not necessary. Yeah, people can keep complaining, but we keep on going it's, to see them. So why would Disney this. stop? Well, and in fact, that's specifically I why I didn't go see it. 
I didn't have I didn't have a problem. I don't have a problem with them doing the live action remix. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I like seeing the differences that they choose to do to represent our current society. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of people, maybe yourself included, are not happy with the Mulan changes that they're doing. I don't know. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, mainly because I also, although I love Disney, I do also love like legends and lore and stuff. So okay. I, it it is nice. And then plus, I also love watching like Chinese movies and Japanese movies, and this looks like. That. What I watched, you know, um, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon mm-hmm. kind of sort of feel to it. So I think it is cool that Disney's trying something different. So I'm all for it. And this isn't Disney, but I'd like to see a live action adaptation of The Secrets of Nim. Okay. <laughs> so live action the same way that like, Lion King is live action. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with okay. that. Photorealistic rats Was doing nice? things okay so yeah, that that owl would fucking like traumatize children these I days i have not seen this since uh, i was a yeah. young toddler so i all i know all i remember is the the rat with the red jacket yeah well, yeah well that was the main one she's kind of like a red riding hood type thingy on mm. but no there, there was that, that evil cat that lived inside the house and nope. then there was the owl no. with the crazy eyes you're speaking a foreign language oh me. my gosh <laughs> i'm sure if you see a still it might have you showed something. this to your daughter yet i have not i plan to i think i might actually she's down for some punishment. you know what i have an interesting thing to ask mm-hmm. you so for uh, i listen to other podcasts and they talk about how they have kids and they try and keep certain uh, spoilers out of their life so that they can experience that with them, with their yeah. child for the first time. Oh, so, have you showed Tesla uh, Empire Strikes Back yet, where you find out Vader is is Luke's father? No, the only thing she's seen so far that she'll sit through was The Force Awakens. Okay. Um, and her only real takeaway from that is that it's the BB show. Oh, fair enough. So, okay. do you plan on waiting till she yeah. gets a little older so that she can understand, and then watch Star Wars and then Empire so that she can have that reaction, or does oh, she yeah. already know that Vader is Luke's father? No, she has no comprehension of that right now. So, that definitely is going to be something I'm going to present to her when she's a little bit more cognizant of okay. those dynamics. Because they also talk about how, since you know Vader. Uh, the whole that whole reveal is is part of pop culture for so long that it's parodied or satired in everything else. So when she's watching, like, so I don't know if you showed her uh, what is it, uh, Space Command, Buzz Lightyear, and Space Command, because don't they at one time make a joke about uh, Zed being doing the joke of "I'm your father" and he's like, "Really?" He's like, "No, not really." No, yeah. Like, well, they do that in, uh, in Toy, Toy Story, Story 2. Two. Okay, so in Toy Story Two. Has she watched Toy Story 2? Is that is that ruining that? Is that spoiling that for her? Again, I think at this point, or at least as of the last time she saw it, um, it's one of those things that just kind of goes over her head. But when she sees it in Empire, will it be like, hey, I remember that from Toy Story? Oh, she might think that Star Wars is ripping off Toy Story. <laughs> Probably. That, that's how that Whatever happens. Whatever she saw days. first. And I'm trying to think of how I reacted when I was a kid, because my dad watched... You know, he would have me watch all of his favorite movies and Star Wars. And all I remember, like, my first memory of Star Wars was probably, like, the Ewoks and how much I was fascinated by the Ewoks. Like, but I like think I think my puppies. dad had me watch it too young. And so I want to say it probably wasn't until I was maybe 10 that I started to realize, like, oh, that's what's happening. <laughs> well, see, my first Star Wars experience was with Empire. Um, I didn't see the, the A New Hope until way later. Um, so I guess the way that I came up with it, 
I kind of always knew that Vader was Luke's father, even though that wasn't revealed till the end of the movie. I didn't have a whole mm. nother movie beforehand where like I didn't know that that existed. Yeah. So then watching A New Hope later on, you know, was like, okay, yeah, there's there's Vader. I know already that he's Luke's dad and Leia's dad. Um, kind of a dick move that he just exploded her planet, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that kind of came on way later and i think that's probably one of the main reasons why i mean a lot of people think that empire is the best of the originals and probably the best overall i definitely think so because that was the first one i was exposed to and it just became such a part of my foundation that mm-hmm. it's just like it's there cemented so i don't know i think it i'll have to try to show her the movies when she's able to actually sit through them um she's still very hyper these mm-hmm. days <laughs> yeah and um Watch them. Chrono- I mean, we'll, we'll try to do the machete order. Really? Yeah. Really? Why don't you just show her the Topher Grace cut? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only for the uh, for the prequels. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. No, machete order would be episodes four, five, and then one, two, three, then six, and then I guess Rogue One. And why was why wouldn't you put Rogue what? One in before New Hope? Yeah. Um. Well, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff in there that is needlessly ex- expanded unnecessarily. Oh, okay. Like, you don't need to have Vader be presented here first. Yeah, but see, that oh, gives yeah, you I a good see. idea. Of, if you go from Rogue One into A New Hope, you're even more scared of Vader once he shows up in New Hope because you, all you saw him do was brutally kill a bunch of people in Rogue One. Yeah. And they make, make a and couple of bad dad jokes to that one guy. And then in like A New Hope, he does like a force choke. Yeah. Order people around and then kills Obi Wan. Yeah. With like just and like also a, yeah exactly like it's not like and, the and, best and Obi Wan just <laughs> just disappears. Yeah. Whereas the bunch of people on Leia's ship or no that Rebel ship just are yeah the tentative for yeah. yeah. I feel like as a kid, Star Wars isn't just like oh I understand the complicated plot and all the horrible things that are <laughs> happening. It's like lightsabers. A cool princess I can actually look up to. <laughs> like this, that this, has guy, this is the bad guy, and he looks like pure like evil. Laser guns, and like that's what like really got me hooked. Was I just had never seen anything like it at the time. Okay, so uh, that's a nice little tangent, but I always, I do find that interesting. Uh, however, Dune. Which I know you're also looking forward to, John. Yes. Denny Villeneuve's Doom has been moved back a month. It was supposed to be November 20th, 2020. Now it's moved to December 18th, 2020 because of uh, Warner Brothers' Elvis Presley movie uh, directed by Det Baz Luhrmann. I don't know why they needed... I, I guess they felt like the biopic needed to be around Thanksgiving and the, the big sci-fi movie should be around Christmas. Okay, well, that makes a little bit more sense now. I thought moving it back just one month seems so arbitrary. I mean, we do we do Star Wars movies yeah. at Christmas now, so it's not going to have a Star Wars movie to compete with, so that's a good thing. This is true, yeah. Uh, we'll be done with Star Wars, hopefully, for the short term. I think three years. Mm-hmm. I think three years is, is when, after three years is when we're supposed to get the, the, Benioff, and the Weiss Benioff one. one. Yeah, Benioff and Weiss one. Hmm. Which that's going to be a whole other thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I mean, instead of uh, treating it as a birthday present to myself, it'll just be a Christmas present to myself. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I remember watching the original Dune and being like, I don't care for this. Yeah. So. No, that, that original Dune was just, it, it should have been recalled dense. 
because it's just so much in it and like it doesn't even cover like a fraction of what the books go into well we know that this one's supposed mm-hmm. to be split into two movies so and even you'll then, be able to expand more oh man it's gonna be so long but you know what is entertaining and well it, Denny, Del- Denny Villeneuve makes long movies so yes, he does but you know what I love Blade Runner 2049 you do it wasn't everybody's cup of tea but man was I just into that whole I really liked it actually yeah the world the music the graph everything was just great but that being said um I've recommended it many times before. You're still doing your movie challenge, so this is one you can throw in the queue. Okay. I highly recommend the uh, that documentary, Jodorowsky's Dune. Okay. It is so interesting to see what could have been the original iteration of Dune and how much, like, how that whole project fell apart. But all of the talent that was recruited to basically work on the film. So this they is were before have- David Lynch was attached? Um, before David Lynch, yeah, Jodorowsky, um, who, if you've never seen any of his movies, wow, like, this guy is insane. Um, I would say he's probably, if, if he were doing movies today, like he did in the 60s, uh, he could probably be facing, like, human rights, uh, like, charges. Oh, no. Yeah, like, this guy was insane. Um, and, um. So he recruited a bunch of talent to make his version of Dune. And that movie, of course, fell apart. That never happened. David Lynch eventually did his own version like 20 years later. But what could have been sounds so interesting on paper. He was going to have Orson Welles play the lead villain. Uh, and he actually hired him to play him. Salvador oh. Dali was going to play the emperor of the universe. The painter? Yes. Okay. Um and he was going to have Pink Floyd do the soundtrack. Oh, all right. I'm behind that one. It was, <laughs> yeah. And he hired the artist that eventually went on to do production work on movies like Blade Runner and Alien, um, John Gerard Mobius, um, a bunch of other people. Um, I think uh, O'Bannon, the screenwriter for Alien, um, also was working on this mm. movie. The production company that did the special effects for the, for, a movie called Dark Star, who also eventually uh, went on to do the special effects for Alien and a lot of the production production design, H.R. Uh, Giger uh, designs, yeah. all started with this one project that fell apart. But all these people put so much work into it that they just essentially put it into other projects. It's like there's no sense in wasting all this like mm-hmm. awesome stuff we made. And it was really, really interesting. A lot of the fashion stuff that they have in that movie... Uh, costume work you see in like the fifth element some of the more outlandish type of stuff they wear the spaceship design it's so cool you just have to check it out if you're into sci-fi and if you like behind the scenes stuff how things happen and especially how things fall apart like i'm a big fan of lost in la mancha as well the terry gilliam one Mm -hmm. those are really interesting i highly recommend it if you're into that sort of thing okay remind me again what it's called jodorowsky's dune jodorowsky i'll send you the trailer yeah Showtime has a couple castings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to go into the next thing, but that's something people can check out if they, they find the opportunity to. But Showtime has a couple castings. We have uh, a Hedy Lamar series mm. based off a, or a series based on Hedy Lamar's life. Uh, Gal Gadot is going to be playing the lead character of Hedy Lamar. Then we also have uh, the Halo TV series. After they cast Pablo Schreiber back in April, we now have. Bodine Woodbine and 
uh, what was her name? Natasha, Natasha McElhone? Yes. McElhone? Something like that. How you? She's Mc- from... McElhone or something like She's that. from Californication. That's what I remember from. Uh, we'll be playing... Now, I don't understand the whole Halo thing, but mm-hmm. she's the scientist that Cortana is based off of? Yes. Yes. So, uh, <coughs> we're in my wheelhouse now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Catherine Helsey was the forerunner... Well, that's... Interesting choice of words. She was the uh, creator of the Spartan Two project, yep. where the uh, essentially the people like the Master Chief were created. Um, she was essentially charged for war crimes because the things she were doing were very very illegal. Yes, she were. was essentially kidnapping children, experimenting um, on them, experimenting yeah, giving without them, parent permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Essentially, they they did what's called flash clones, which is they would go into people's houses at night, steal their kids, replace them with. Um, clones that were designed to die like immediately so the parents basically just thought their children just died suddenly of mysterious circumstances mm-hmm. um but that was because there were certain children with specific genetic markers that they were looking for they were kind of rare that they needed in order to do these genetic experimentations on in order to augment them and become the spartans which would essentially become you know the super soldiers that would fight against the covenant um, now cortana is an ai in this world you can make AIs based off of the brain patterns of dead humans, uh, and the clone. The they're essentially a clone of the mind, but they also yeah. have computer processing power, so they'll have personality. Um, and Cortana is kind of a rare AI because she's made off of a living person, and AIs only have about a seven-year lifespan before they go rampant. Essentially, they go insane from their brain just not being able to process anymore um you know it 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 gets complicated but the point is she basically does have a dual role so she'll play an older version of herself as the doctor dr helsey and then she'll be her normal younger younger more fit beautiful like in her prime as cortana self (laughs) she looks like a like a navi she yeah she looks like a navi with uh matrix code running up and down her body it's a little hologram okay yeah so snarky hologram that tells you what to do (laughs) very much and get sexier with every iteration of the game well the graphics get better the graphics probably just get better some people think that was unnecessary so you're very familiar (laughs) with this uh franchise as well jessica uh i've played uh, i've played most of the halo games especially all the master chief ones and i've read the first book it's actually one of the only video game books i've read it's not bad yeah 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 i was like so then this casting for these two parts so Bokeen Woodbine is playing Soren 066 I don't know what that means if that means anything to you I was probably one of the Spartans okay so uh, I mean most people will know him now from uh, Spider-Man Far or Spider-Man Homecoming where he played the Shocker the second Shocker Mm -hmm. but uh, either these castings make you guys more interested or less interested in watching Halo uh yeah, I don't know the actors that well, so it's not going to spark my interest. Like, what does is that, you know, Showtime's doing this, so it seems like it might have a good backing, so okay. it may hopefully be an actual good movie or show. There you go. And I've never Something seen... Something based off of video games. Yeah, though. there we go. <laughs> I've May never seen Californication, but just from the picture I saw of the actress, I'm like, yeah, I could see that. She looks like she can be a healthy. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I'll probably end up watching it. Maybe it'll be one of the shows that we do. We're definitely going to watch oh, it. Oh, it's going to be I for this? Yes. Yeah. I feel like when it comes to Halsey, too, it's all about the attitude, especially yeah. Cortana. Like, she has to have, like... She's a always, boss. Yeah. yeah. She's <laughs> strong Ooh. and tough. Tiny little hologram, but Takes slays no shit. it. Yeah. I watched all of Californication, and uh, the character she plays in that has to put up with David Coveney's character's shit, so she knows how to, to like stand her ground but she's never really a boss in mm-hmm. throughout the series so that's going to be an interesting uh turn for her as an actress i would assume well yeah because they they also play each character slightly different uh cortana um is very strong capable smart uh and also a little bit sassy with the chief but that's because she also really cares for him there's something special about him that she recognizes and she bonds with him Whereas Halsey is really much more like cold-blooded. She's mm-hmm. like, we're doing this for the good of the species. She's very much like uh, Doogie Hauser at the end of uh, Starship Troopers. Ah, okay. Well, Halsey so. did have kind of sort of a stronger relationship with Master Chief because in the beginning she picked him out. She thought he was going to be the strongest one. I That's feel like. true. Also, yeah. Well, she's kind of like their mother. Yeah, um, but unofficially. I feel like Master Chief she always put on a higher pedestal, and of course he was like, yeah, the she only definitely one had a soft spot for him, but. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, within her role in the military, she was definitely a hard ass. Well, she kind of had to be. Yeah. She was kidnapping children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have some conviction to do that. You have yeah. to do a little bit of uh, compartmentalizing yeah. to, to do that. I mean, I guess she did technically leave to, like, saving the world. It was times, it was for so the greater good. I guess. The greater good. The greater the, good. The greater good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, folks. You expect that one in the future for the Geeks Watch. <laughs> Uh, which will be a lot easier since it will be a week to week one anyways. I was like, you can really tell when I like something. Yeah. <laughs> very much so. Uh, which brings us to Stranger Things season three, episode six, E Pluribus Unum. Right off the bat, I want to say that so far this season, this has been my favorite episode. Really? Yes. I'm it's saying, pretty good. Yeah, it was a really good episode. I, I did like where where it started for just about everybody. Like, um, yeah. You have Hopper and Joyce at mm-hmm. what's the the lawyer's name? A reporter. Uh, reporter. Reporter. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Bauman. it's uh, it's ba- Murray Bauman, oh, which Bauman. apparently, if you call the number that Hopper gives on the phone, uh-huh. you'll you'll go to the voice answering or not answering. It's answering machine because back then we had answering machines, <gasps> and it's just it's the it's R- Gelman um, sitting there just yelling at you. Why are you calling me? <laughs> like kind of thing. <laughs> So that's interesting. That's, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I did like the the interactions with the the four of them because Alexi was there and strawberry. I, I love, yes, it's apparently strawberry, strawberry shit for a slushy or a slurpee. It's just sugar. Can confirm. <laughs> Can confirm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but I, I love Hop was just so confident in his his <laughs> ploy of let him go. He's not going to go anywhere. He knows he can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and he was right. It's true. It, but it was, <laughs> you can't defect in Russia. Like he almost just, left, though. Yeah. He, I mean, but what's stopping him of just like, oh, fine, I'll just drive to Canada then. I'll go start a new life somewhere else. It's Russia. They'll find him? Yes. Yeah. Nah. All right. I mean, look at Russia even nowadays. <laughs> like, this is true. But spycraft is a lot better nowadays. It still, I would say it was probably even better then because there was a lot less... Security, yeah, and he doesn't speak the language. I'm sure he doesn't know French or English. Yeah, that too. Uh, You know, he he might know French. 
European countries, they they learn multiple languages. They're all kind of. But he didn't know together. English though. So yeah, he didn't know English. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fair. European too. <laughs> that is European. All right. Anyways, uh, yes, but I I did like that. He he's like, all right, I guess I'll come back, and he's like, strawberry's not so bad. <laughs> if that's what we can believe, that's what he said. Yeah. Um, he was listening to a really awesome song though when he was about to leave. The Neutron Dance. Or oh, something. Yeah. oh yeah. The uh, from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So at that point, they they ends up calling uh, Hopper ends up calling, uh, mad about you. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. Thank you. That's who he's calling, right? He's calling the the scientist. Doctor Osmond, something like that. Something like that from season two. Yeah. Uh, Are we going to get to see him this season? Do you think? I think so. I don't know. He might show up in the next couple episodes. I mean, we only got two episodes left, right? Seven and eight. Yes. Um. Then uh, they. It's the what was it the Pittsburgh Public Library? It was a Pittsburgh. It was something public library. The Pitts, Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania? Pittsburgh, yeah. Some cover up for yeah. some government something. And then it, and then he has to give what was his char- charity? Wheelbarrow antique chariot. Golden chariot. I thought wasn't it golden antique chariot? chariot. Antique, antique chariot. chariot. That's right. That's his choice was wheelbarrow. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> like I'm his sidekick wheelbarrow. <laughs> what I mean, do you think that's his? Is that his code name? Antique charity. I mean, or chariot. Chariot. It sounds like yes. Like or is that just some code word? Oh yeah, probably a code word so that they know, you know what line you're calling. I guess if you if you call up a public library and like I need a book on antique chariots. Yeah. It's not something common that someone would ask for. It's one of those old spy thriller kind of things. Yeah, exactly. Have to give some weird term at the door or over the phone. Yeah. Well, it's like the skies are sunny in the England today or something like <laughs> With that. With the silver cat. The silver yeah. cat. <laughs> it could uh, be his safe word, too. It could be. It was like, anti-chariot. <laughs> Maybe he picked it, yeah. should I say? Got it. I like Gilman's uh, frustration with him, though, saying, like, you got to hurry up. Keep it under two minutes. And it's like, <laughs> you keep your code in your wallet? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? And Hop's like, I he, want them to track us. What? <laughs> <laughs> he gives him the, yeah, he gives him the phone number. He's like, you just compromised me. <laughs> uh, that, that's a, that was a good part of this, the episode. That was really good. Um, but Joyce is the one that's like, well, they're at the mall, which is not that far from our town, and our kids are there, kind of thing. Things need to happen faster Joyce than mom's out, man. It's well, so bad. Before we get to that, I mean, they they finally get Alexi to start spilling some of the beans, mm-hmm. and he starts to explain with bad translation what is that what it is that's happening. And he does those real, you know, like simple but effective visual representations using the straw and the paper. First the, the fry cup, box, then the, the fry box. Yeah, yeah, the, the French fry, fry box. box. That was to show that they couldn't hamburger, penetrate yeah. or whatever. Um, and the look on both of their faces, like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's hilarious because Hopper and Joyce know what it is that he's talking about. Like, uh-huh. this is what they're he, they're trying to break through, but Bauman doesn't understand that. Mm-mm. See, he doesn't know that. That there is a gateway to an upside down realm, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, so he's yeah. Like confused. Like, he's like, "What do you mean opening? That doesn't make any sense." Or what, it was some like, other word that he just like that doesn't make any sense. Another world. Yeah. yeah. Like, Joyce yeah. and Hopper are like, "Ah, oh, shit!" Yeah. Like, <laughs> like how can you have anything weird happen in your town after after the events of season one and not huh? immediately be like, "Okay, this is connected to that." Like, it has to always be connected. Yeah, it to would that, be right? the first thing you'd think of, unless. Like, and I think I mentioned it like last episode, unless like she's really searching it for it to not be that. That's true. Yeah. That is. And I think that's where she was. And now that she's like, well, 
crap. <laughs> well, I also like the idea that the two of them are stuck in a different type of movie at the beginning of this. Like for this season up to now, uh-huh. they're in a spy movie. Like they're Russians are here. Yep. They're doing some kind of weird power experiment in our town for whatever reason. But then they, they come up to this episode and they're like, fuck, we're in the same movie. Oh we're, in, we're, in another, we're in a sci-fi horror movie Dude. again. <laughs> So like no amount of changing into Miami Vice clothes is going to change the genre. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think that was that was perfect. So mm-hmm. if Alexi knows about the other realm and stuff like that, does he also know about the monsters? I don't think so. I don't think they know what is going to happen yeah. with this gate thing. And he's probably, I mean, even though we see, I, I'm cons pretty sure that he was the guy that we saw at the beginning of the the cold open mm-hmm. of episode one um i don't think he really knows what exactly it is they're trying to achieve with it or what exactly lies on the other side he unless did. brenner's told them mm. i don't i don't think so because like i don't think it doesn't seem like any of the russia guys know about the mind flay this is true. However, we do see with uh steve and robin and erica and dustin that they have a cage set up for the demigorgon. So, oh, somebody does know then, yeah. And and they have the the prong, the, the, cool the cattle, cattle prod. That's yeah. gonna work. <laughs> so they know something is gonna come out. They just don't know what. Yeah. I would assume. But yeah, it didn't seem like it didn't seem like the people there are afraid enough of things that are gonna be coming out. Well, they're Russian. yeah, they're, they're Russian. They, yeah. they they've endured much worse. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Mother Russia can handle anything. <laughs> um. I mean, at that point, I'm glad that Hopper was smart enough to get back up and people, you know, involved, but he wasn't smart enough to think about the kids. And thus, we have, we still have the separation of the group. I'm guessing in the next two episodes, we're going to get everybody together into one thing because we do now have Nancy and Jonathan together with Mike and. Lucas and 11. Max and Eleven. Anybody that can be together is together now. Except for Steve and Robin. And well, I don't. I think they're a little stuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As I'm saying, they're yeah. still their own thing going on. Which, at some point, I would have just, if I was Steve, I would just been like, "Yeah, I'm the FBI. Whatever. I don't care. Stop punching me." Kind no. of thing. <laughs> Who do you work for? Scoops Ahoy. <laughs> you just keep saying Scoops Ahoy, being like, "We're just kids." Like. Well, yeah. I, I don't know what to do at that point because he is telling them the truth. He's like, this is who I work for. That's why it's funny. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I would have thought it would have been smart to just start telling him, it's like, hey, I know what you guys are trying to do. Just kind of try to bluff it a little bit and then reveal the information that he does know. It's like, hey, we know that this happened before here and these things came out and they were dangerous and we had to fight them. And, you know, like he could maybe even become at least just prolong the, the beatings that way. No. And they can try to get more information out of him. No, he's a hero. He's <laughs> going to try to do his best to not reveal anything. Well, except when they give him the truth serum and well, he I mean, completely sells out Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin. Which, by the way, interesting revelation that Robin actually uh, remembers Steve from high school and actually kind of maybe sort of had a thing for him. So I, I kind of missed that part. Uh, she was saying that they had to class together, right? Yeah, yeah. he had a class and she would like always remember he would walk in with like a bagel sandwich or something. Yeah, it was like a, like a egg and cheese yeah. McMuffin. And, and he would sit right in front of her. 
And yet he things. never noticed and her. And yet he yes. never noticed her. But he was Steve but, the Hare Harrington. Yes. Yeah. But and she like this. noticed him kind of thing. She, so. Yeah. She she definitely made it sound like, oh, like, oh, like maybe someday like this guy would pay attention to me. But. And even though that he, well, I mean, he's was, two grades higher than her, right? Because he graduated last year and she still has this year to graduate. Oh, so I guess that's one grade. Yeah. Just one grade higher. Yeah. I think, I think. He's, he was, uh, I think she's just one year below. But that yeah. means he, she was in advanced classes. Yeah, well, she well, is a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. And he was... He was held back too. Was he held back? Yeah, I think. I don't know. Or maybe not held back. Oh, he just I don't wasn't think in he was in the classes. smart class. Yeah. yeah. Not held back, but you know, in the remedial class. He was class probably like an algebra like. two when she was like yeah. know, already ready for calculus or something. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, the the she obviously did know him, know of him and was interested in him in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um what, any other reveals from? I mean, I love the I love the the interaction between Dustin and Erica being like, "You are a nerd," you and she nerd. just does not want to accept it. My little pony. <laughs> he called her out though. He was like, "You're good at math. You're interested in social political topics, mm-hmm. and, um, and and you're into My Little Pony." Yeah, yeah, and My Little Pony is like perfect nerd fodder. Oh yeah. And she and, goes, "Well, why do you know My Little Pony?" Yeah. She goes, "Because I'm, I'm a nerd." <laughs> I was like, you can smell each other. <laughs> I mean, I would if I was her. I you could easily have been like, well, this is actually made for my age, so I'm not a nerd. <laughs> it's just made for me. Yeah, but the but the math in the politics. Yeah, thing. the politics is really not her. Age. But then again, the the politics of being like, I mean, she just said communism is bad, kind of thing. It's just like. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they were all were saying back then. No, but she knows exactly why communism is bad. Okay. She's not a kid who's like, yeah, communism is bad. That's what my dad says. No, yeah. she it's knows the, exactly why communism it's not is just, bad. It's not just better dead than red. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which also kind of like between the scenes, it sounds like Dustin basically told her the whole backstory of what happened mm-hmm. because she was like, really, Lucas? <laughs> my brother. <laughs> I did love that. She's like, He's like, wait, so you believe all the other stuff happened, me, Mike, and, and Will, yeah. but not your brother is the only part you can't get past. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because he's a loser. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, do you think that that was, that kettle prod was enough to kill that doctor's, the torture doctor guy? I don't think it killed him, it's but he's not going to feel good. It's not yeah. going to feel good. Okay. I think it depends on like what his current heart condition is. Yeah, that's know, also true. He did look kind of old. Did they also? So they just broke a hope in a whole bunch of those uh, vials and just <laughs> just let melted a hole through. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Uh, it got them out of that room, or got the 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 supervisors out of that room. But mm-hmm. where do they go from there? I mean, wherever they came from. Yeah. Obviously, they came from a different direction. There was two doors to that room, I think. Yeah, that's true. They, and, they, uh, they go out that That way. part, you do have to, have to suspend a little disbelief. And I was yeah. like, okay, how did they know exactly how to find them, where they were? Um, they were ready to go. They found the keys to that little golf cart, and they were going to drive back to the elevator shaft. But uh, they, yeah, that they was the other thing was around. the whole uh, the math part of it, which is like, it took us this long to go this far, and it, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be eight days before we get back. Uh, that was great. Um also, with uh, uh, the Alexei being like, these are the greatest minds of Russia and stuff like that, you can never gonna be able to penetrate it. And then it goes straight to Dustin and, right and, and Erica. They're doing their diehard yeah. <laughs> through the ventilation shafts. Uh, so do you think they make it back to the elevator shaft and get and go back up? Or do you think they find another way out? Oh, interesting. I think they find their way back yeah. through the shafts, through the uh, elevator. I think it's implied that's the only way in or out, so... 
Okay. I mean, it's so far down. I can't imagine. I mean, I, I could see it being like, you know, there's one other backdoor emergency exit kind of thing that's going to let well, them out in the middle of a field or in the side of yeah, a mountain or something. Typically, if you're building underground, you do always have to have an exit, like a secondary exit, but it'd be probably harder to find. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I guess that takes us to Nancy Johnson, Jonathan, and uh, the rest of the little gang there. Bit of a side note, because the episode, I think part of it begins uh, after we get the hopper stuff out of the way. Uh, we see, oh, not the hopper stuff, the uh, Dustin and Steve and all of them guys. Yeah. We then cut to the hospital and um, with the immediate aftermath of the meat monster now attacking Nancy and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And I had this interesting observation. Um, Nancy looks really cute when she's a hot mess. Oh my God. She looked very similar to that one part in season two when she's drunk in the bathroom and basically telling Steve that their relationship is bullshit. Yeah. And then like she just has such a cute, like, drunken pout. She kind of had a little bit of that going on, though. This was more, like, fear-based because of the meat monster. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that really suits her. I mean, do you, do you just okay. find yourself just... torn between every episode between Robin and Nancy yeah. now? A little bit. Okay. I'm still more Nancy team when Robin. She's in peril. Robin all the time, Nancy yeah. in peril. Robin all the time, Nancy when she's in danger. <laughs> oh well, that's I guess that's all the right. white knight in you. <laughs> hey, well, I got a little. Your nerd and your white right. knight. Which one's mm. gonna win? It's mm, yeah, the nerd. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what, which also reminds me is that we had the little interaction between uh, Terminator Russian and uh, the mayor. As the mayor almost died mayor, on the mayor Gravitron. Mayor Wesley, as uh, Stephen calls him. <laughs> it's actually Wilkins, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, he almost dies on the Gravitron. That's fine. Was he using the, the, the force that the Gravitron produces to also choke the guy, choke the mayor out? Uh, well, it wasn't like helping, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I really like that scene. I'm glad you brought it up because first, I love the Gravitron. Uh-huh. That was one of my favorite staples yep. of the carnival or the fair. Um, I feel like I haven't seen one of those in a while. I think there was one we, at our we last We have fair. them at the fair like yeah. every year because well, I, I go on it every year. Oh, well, I feel well, like I it was called it. something different this year, though. It wasn't called the Gravitron. I, don't I don't feel like it was called something. I don't remember. But yeah, there was one this year. Oh, well, I'll have to go next time then. Okay. I miss going yeah. on those and trying to stand at an angle. <laughs> everybody else is just laying on their back. It's pretty yeah. fun. Um, I think there's going to be some kind of foreshadowing with that happening. Okay. Um, you know, with the the weird lighting and the the sci-fi conditions and the the heavy gravity and everything that's going on inside, I feel like that's setting up something that's going to happen that's going to be big towards the end. Um, could be nothing, but it definitely feels like like the whole spinning and gravity being affected, and um, you know, the Russian fighting uh, an American. That's going to be replayed again later it's going to be probably hopper and the russian fighting next to the machine when they're trying to turn it off mm. and the machine does its own little spinnies okay i mean that's a possibility yeah uh but essentially it was just the mayor mouthing off to him until the point where the dude was like all right you need to stop dicking me around and tell me yeah. who and they were mouthing off about hopper yeah yeah so uh, he, what did he end up, what, what does the mayor end up telling him? What's the information that he ends up giving him at the end of that? He just said that, uh, he has people on the lookout that it's a yellow convertible. Right. So they're going to see it no matter what. And we'll get a call and the Russians like, you better do more than just get a call. Like take care of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, yeah, we go to, uh, the gang that's 
over at Hopper's Cat. Well, I mean, technically, they started at the hospital. The meat monster's attacking Nancy and Jonathan. Nancy Which, how gets, awesome was it, by the way, that the meat monster could turn itself into the blob and yeah. go into the... Oh, door. yeah, that's true. So that the, I thought that was kind of weird, because it turned itself into a blob and then went underneath the door, but then when it turns itself into a blob and goes through that grate, there's pieces of bone that are, that are left behind. Like, how did that bone... Get small enough to go under the door. Mm. Okay. Don't think too much, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Eleven busts through the door and is able to smack it around quite a bit. But it's, I mean, I don't. It doesn't really look like it's dazed at all. Fine. Yeah, it just it just and then it gets thrown through a window and and then it goes through the grate to reintegrate back with the bigger. Hey, reintegrate. Uh, I don't. Because I went through a grate. Oh, went through a grate. <laughs> Got it. I didn't even realize I put that. Uh, so then, yeah, it gets back to that. And then they head to Hopper's cabin to kind of regroup and try and figure out what they're going to do next. All those, like, should we be worried about how much blood Eleven is, like, expelling using yes. her powers? And I'm glad that you brought that up, too, because Mike makes that a point. Because you see, like, a little mountain of tissues. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, like, she's been at this for a while. And I'm a little anemic. Yeah. <laughs> and Mike is the first one to point out, like, is anybody hey, giving like, her a cookie or anything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some blood sugar like, <laughs> Put a thermal on her or something. Juice. Yeah, some orange juice. <laughs> yeah, make sure she's staying hydrated. I mean, I haven't seen her eat anything in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they bring up a very good point. It was like, does using her powers affect her in any negative way whatsoever? Because this could be putting a lot of strain on her brain. Where is that blood coming from? I'm sure it's not just like a vein in her sinuses. That's that's popping. That, that's implied that that's like brain fluid and I, blood or something. You know? I don't think it's brain fluid. I think it's probably like a bloody nose from pressure. Just too much just pressure. Using her, which powers. is still not a good. Their thing. sinuses are really close to your brain. So yeah. So okay, so then this this turns into that big debate between Max and and Mike of you know, Max being the best friend, well she can make her own decisions, and Mike yeah. being well I love her, so I need I'm trying to look out for her kind of thing. Like the yeah. bomb. So, she can make her own decisions, but, but at the same time, like you still kind of need somebody to always tell you like, hey, are you okay? Like, exactly. And especially since I think you know. Eleven knows they depend on her. She's the only one that can slap this thing around. So, which I thought was interesting. Like, they've made it a point in this season so far to mm-hmm. be how she comes into the last minute and saves everybody every yeah. single time. I think she's going to be taken out here. She's, I mean, not she's going to die, but she's going to be unconscious, like from lack of blood or whatever. And they're going to all they be, gonna have to, yeah, they're going to all have to deal with the whatever this meat monster is by themselves and not have Eleven there to. To be the heavy. Yeah. You so, can't, like, always depend on your tank. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Sometimes your tanks get taken out. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's where I think that was going, that, that conversation is going. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I, I hope it doesn't mean that they're going to be like, oh, well, look, Mike was right the whole time kind of thing. It's just I, I hope it makes for good story. Yeah. Um, where does either one of you fall in the conversation? It's Max right or is Mike right? Or are they both right? Um, I think it, it, it probably is like a, they're both right kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, yes, it is her decision on how much she pushes herself, but she knows but it. it's good to have somebody watching your back and, you know, telling you, Hey, you're going too far. That's what friends are for. Exactly. Is telling you like, slow down. You're going too far. Like I get, you're the only one who can do this, but. 
and that's the that's the yeah. problem is that she's the only one that can do it, so she's going to push herself harder than she yeah. needs to. And also, everybody reacted very awkwardly when Mike revealed that he loves Eleven. Uh, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> and then she. Well, I mean, what? these are what high, freshmen. They're thir- like thirteen-year-old kids. Yeah. Do they 14, really yeah. know what love is? I mean, no, but I wanna know. When, <laughs> <laughs> but when it's your first time and all that, you know, everything's gonna be that much more intense. Yes. and you feel and like hormones are going crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on, and. I mean, but there is the very real possibility that this could also be affecting her mind or mm-hmm. her health. Um, if anything, just the bleeding alone is not good, but no. it could also be, you know, maybe she's going to develop a tumor or something out of this. Oh. Um, you can use your special telepath or telekinetic powers to get rid of a tumor, right? I, I don't know. It didn't work for, <laughs> like, what's his name? Uh, Vincent Vega in Phenomenon. Oh, that's true. He does. Get, he gets the powers because of the tumor yeah. that, that's put there by the aliens. Um, <laughs> Vincent Vega. <laughs> What's his name? John Travolta. Yes, that guy. <laughs> I thought at first I was like, "Oh, was John Travolta's character's name Vincent Vega in that movie?" No, that's his character in Pulp Fiction. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I was gonna say it was Michael, but no, that was the movie Michael. Where yeah, he plays, the, an yeah. Where he plays yeah, the angel. Yeah, plays angel. Uh, okay, so. They then get the brilliant idea because uh, she has the memory of remote accessing her mother. Yes. Yeah. Inspired by a box of, uh, was it Lucky Charms? Lucky Charms yeah. because her mother remember made her remember things about rainbows. Rainbow, yeah. horseshoe, yeah. Star, star, like all of those symbols. Yeah. So that she would eventually be triggered by a box of Lucky Charms. So, <laughs> so she's able to remote access Billy's uh, memories of where he first contacted the meat monster. We go a little bit further back, though. Dude, uh, she goes to, like, Inception Island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, that's she true. thought she was on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on the beach, he's surfing, and his mother's watching, and then, uh, then it comes to the point where she's introducing him to his new stepfather, then the new stepfather is beating her and him, and he's like, uh, he then is on the phone talking to his mother, who's left him with the stepfather, which I thought was strange. No, I thought no, it that was, was his father. No, yeah, wasn't it, it? His mother's the one that left. His and mother then is the one who left. The yeah. stepmother. Oh, that came later that's right. I'm sorry. Him. I'm yeah. getting it mixed up. So yeah, she leaves him with his biological father, who yeah. is a, who is a jerk, and uh, who's beat him to the point where he starts to trickle down and beat other kids call mm-hmm. them pussy and stuff like that yeah but his mom has left and left him with the dad and then he the dad goes to get married to max's mom and he gets introduced to max and so we see that the, the, his billy's mom was wise enough to leave the leave the relationship but obviously terrible in leaving her son there but yeah. the next mom max's mom gets involved in this relationship. Now, we've never seen anything where his dad, Billy's dad, has done something to Max, Mm -mm. but that's still introducing a very violent person into a family. We're getting too much into real life, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I I think it's just a strange family. Yeah, it it can... It is the 80s. ...happen. I'm sure this situation can still happen today where, you know, you don't necessarily know the past of the person you're marrying. He might not have shown any abusive tendencies... 
to his second wife, to Max's mom. But we saw that in the season two when he throws Billy, uh, well, yeah. let alone this is a teenage Billy who's pretty much an adult and he throws him into a wall. Yeah, but that's just Billy, his yeah. past life self. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, that this guy is not abusive anymore, that he's sort of redeemed himself. It just, you know, maybe he just needs a wife or whatever. So he's like playing it cool until he's going to snap again. Okay. It could, it could be that. It could it be. It definitely is, you know, horrible that Billy's mom left him, but, you know, maybe she always wanted to come back. Maybe she couldn't do that. You know, we can't, you know. You know who knows if who the knows? Duffer Brothers got I mean, into that. Yeah, because <laughs> she was also in an abusive relationship, so she's not always, you know, she's not going to be mentally her top 100 either. Right. You know, it's just, it's really sad. <laughs> it's just a bad also, situation. It's a bad also situation. explains why uh, Max might be a little kind of jaded by the idea of her brother having sex. It sounds like she's like seen some shit. I, I'm that, lost. That or she's just a normal teenage girl too. I don't think you'd ever want to watch your older brother have sex. But she seems way too like blase uh, about it. Yeah, I think he's talking about like how she's like, oh, when girls are with my brother, they only do the good screams. Uh, so basically that Max is like openly curious about got it. sex. Kind or, of thing. Or, or knowledgeable of some knowledgeable sort. Knowledgeable of, of yeah. it, which really isn't too, too weird for a teenage girl. We're just... Really? No. I thought they didn't tell you anything until you turned 21. <laughs> I think that's what you're hoping with oh, your daughter. Oh, right. You have a daughter. I forgot. <laughs> you don't, don't you get that I mean, I mean yeah, no, we don't. We're... we're Pure innocent angels right. till pure alcohol innocent. comes in. <laughs> pure and innocent. Well, she, uh, she calls this my yucky juice, so thankfully she doesn't like it. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> We're all eventually forced to yeah. like alcohol and then we like it. Yeah. And then, yeah. This is true. And we girls, we don't touch alcohol till we're 21 either. Yeah, okay. we don't. It doesn't happen. Nope, doesn't uh, happen. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I guess Eleven doesn't have that ability to focus in on a certain part, but she goes way far back. We find a lot of information out about Billy. Eventually, we get to the point where he's in the car accident and then goes into the still mill and gets changed and stuff like that. So now she knows. However, this has now opened a doorway, because doorways work two ways, into her consciousness. Subconsciousness. Subconsciousness, so that the mind flay is in her brain. She It convinces her that she's alone like in, switched in, out. Yeah, in, in Hopper's uh, cabin. And he's like, oh, now I know where you are. And you know, mm-hmm. all my all my people are going to come for you kind of thing. I noticed something in that scene when Billy is like threatening her. He has a tear fall out of one of his eyes. Oh, yeah. When so I do you think that's Billy? Or do I you think, think that's, that's Billy. I think they're highly implying, like especially since they showed his horrible, crappy backstory. I definitely feel so. I did that have they're that. implying that Billy is trying to fight this thing, and he kind of sort of does it in the was it the previous episode where they put him in the steam in the thing. sauna. He does openly say like I can't. Doesn't he say something like I can't control it? Like you guys don't understand or yeah, he's, kind he's, of thing. Well, I mean, we saw him kind of control it when he thought he was gonna kill uh, Mike's mom. Was it Mike's? Yeah, mom? Yeah, Mike's mom. Yeah, in, in the, the in the in the closet. Yeah, and, like he has the the fantasy of beating her face in, mm-hmm. but then. We find out that was just a fantasy or whatever daydream. Yeah. I've, so that might be him fighting it. That could be. Uh, I feel like it's it. just too much for him. Which brought was going to bring me to something I was going to ask later because we see when all those people, all the drones, are coming back to the still mill. Other than mm. Billy and what's the daughter's name or his girlfriend's name or not really <laughs> his girlfriend Heather? Heather. They are just standing there watching it, but everybody that walks up just kind of disintegrates into. Oh, no, Heather she, just no yeah. Heather. Yeah. Heather's she the, was first the first one. one. Yeah. She yeah she disintegrates into the the blob and then goes back. Are those people are going to be able to come back? 
I, I don't think so. I don't so think is so. Billy the same as them though? Is he also just part of the blob, or is he is he more like what uh, Will was in season two? I think that's more like it. I yeah. think it's more like it. Okay, I mean, if he definitely me, seems to have the more control control more human aspect of him too, almost. So we can have Billy come back at the end of this, so to speak, if you know fairy tale ending happens where every or where people are saved. Just the other townspeople are dead. Yeah, the other townspeople, yeah. And that's one thing about this season. It's like, how are they going to cover this shit up? Like, the other two seasons, you're like, okay, this only happens to a small group of people. It's pretty contained. This one's kind of sort of like people are just walking out of a fair and like <laughs> abandoning their family. Which also I thought was funny was because, like, as we learned, the mind fleet is not like uh, the heat, mm-hmm. but yet it it picked it picked the hottest time of the year to attack <laughs> to make its plan happen. Yeah, well, that's when they started well, to the open Russian the portal. The door, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know it's taking its, it's chance of opportunity, <laughs> but I mean, maybe he could have just hung out with rats until winter time and then yeah. then started to take over. Well, maybe it's also on a limited schedule. Maybe it has to. Well, then that just sucks for the Mind Flay. Yeah. It's like, I hate the heat, but I have to do it. Which, by the way, the effects for the Mind Flayer in this episode were great. You did. You mm-hmm. did. You mentioned how you thought this was some of the best yeah. uh, special effects we've had oh, yeah. in the whole show. That's and also, much. like, Ugh. the way that the Mind Flayer just looks all, like, sinewy and gross and, like, blobby, um, kind of tangentially, also reminds me of the Flood from Halo. I don't know what that is. The oh, Flood are the yeah. enemies from Halo. Well, oh, one of the enemies from I Halo. I hate them. Yeah, it does. Where um, essentially, um, you know, they infect hosts and then the whole point is for them to try to create as much mass as possible to become what's called the Grave Mind, which is essentially a super intelligent alien creature Parasitic that's built blob. off of the bodies of, yeah, of like other infected organisms. And um, it just, it basically looks like that. It looks like kind of tendrily and with like giant gaping mouth with teeth and all of the bones kind of get repurposed and like get ground up and become spikes or, you know, nails or whatever needs to be created. It's really interesting and cool looking. And like, this is like, yeah, this is how they need to do that in the future because it looks awesome. Very cool. Uh, We didn't... uh I think we always see was Eleven uh, coming out of the second trance and mm-hmm. meeting up with the rest of uh, the crew. And then did they come up with a decisive plan at that point? I don't think so. It's kind of where the season, the episode just ends, right? Well, yeah, yeah, they all yep. know where the, where the steel uh, mill yeah, is. Yeah, the steel mill, they figured out. but And um, then, uh, yeah, it ends with the the. Mi- the the meat monster starting to form itself. So um, we're, I'm guessing we're going to have Hopper, Joyce, and Alexi come back to the cabin. Yeah, I think up. they said they were going back to Hawkins. Yeah, meet up with everybody there and then start to, or maybe wait for the cavalry to arrive, the Dr. Osmonds or whatever. I don't think Joyce was. is going to wait at all. Oh, yeah. No, she, <laughs> well, did we talk about that, her calling back? Yeah, yeah. kind of did. Yeah, the wheelbarrow about her friend. Being wheelbarrow and she called back and... <laughs> Like, the the guy on the phone was kind of like, okay, okay, I got it, kind of thing. <laughs> Which, like, when Hopper gave him all the information, he was like, all right, your your information will be relayed. He didn't write down anything or type That's nothing. Probably, it's probably recorded. Yeah, okay, it makes more sense. <laughs> I don't know, though. 
But either way. I'm surprised that Gilman in that scene too, kind of going back to that one, he didn't mention anything of like, do you have any idea what he's talking about or anything? He just kind of took it all in stride and just like shared vodka with him. Because what's the thing that... He's like a journalist and he's already paranoid. So I think it's like... He doesn't need to know more. He doesn't need to know. I I, I already forget, but what was it that Nancy and Jonathan went to him for in the season two? Like, what was the thing that they exposed? Was it Hawken Labs? Yes. Yes. Because it was about Barb's disappearance. That's right. Finding Barb. Okay. So maybe he kind of has a little bit of insight of what's going on. He knows something bad happened in Hawkins and it was government related. Mm. But I don't think he realizes that it's It's a different world thing. Yeah. Yeah. The upside down 11. I mean, the closest he ever came to finding out about 11 was that he heard rumors that there was a Russian girl running around in the woods of Hawkins. That's right. Which was actually 11. So. When we get to the big battle with the mind flare, uh, how do you defeat it? Obviously, brute force isn't working with Eleven and her powers. Fire. Fire. You're going to need mm-hmm. Will the Wise and his fire magic. Ah, so this would be a giant fireball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any, any predictions from you? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. I, I kind of feel like getting it in front of that beam that's trying to open the door is gonna be a big thing that, yeah that might hurt yeah i don't know how you're gonna get that big thing down into the that's true russian base <laughs> well he just, just turns into Demi a blob. Gorgon coming to this elevator <laughs> maybe maybe or not demi gorgon mind place <laughs> maybe uh alexi will just build and build the build one outside of the the lab like this is the same thing it works him and uh the teacher was it dr clark, clark? or mr clark yeah, yeah. Mr. Mr. Clark, clark. yeah. he can uh, they can both make their own homemade uh Gravitron, not Gravitron, was it Magnetron inspired? There you go. Super Collider Mm -hmm. key. Joyce can throw magnets at it. (laughs) My magnets! (laughs) Uh, Is there anything else in your notes that you you took this week that you'd like to talk about, that you'd like to go over? Yes. Okay. At the beginning, Uh the Russian alarm very much reminded me of the Death Star alarm, which is like my favorite noise in all of Star Wars. (laughs) That wah, wah. So that would have been... I was very happy. From which movie? Um, I think a new hope. A new hope, okay. Well, a new hope, or like all any. Yeah, Rogue One probably had it. The oh, but it's like my favorite noise. I don't know why. It just <laughs> well, I mean, it, this is what 1985. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, Star Wars has. Yeah, Star Wars is 78. Yeah. It's come and gone. Yeah. Yeah. 77. 77. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we would have. They would have had the three movies. But they've had the first. The, yeah. The first three already, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, that and the whole show just always does pop culture. Yeah, that's anyway, what I'm saying. So the pop culture reference would have been there. Yeah. Uh, John, anything else from your notes? Uh, yeah, I wanted to say that. Uh, well, I wanted to say something about the Russian general, but I think I'm going to save that one instead. Okay. But I did want to mention that uh, kind of as a callback to last episode where we praise Steve for his ability to knock out a Russian soldier. We, turns out he didn't do quite as good a job as we <laughs> no, thought. He did not. <laughs> because as soon as they come back into the room, he's already up and. Uh, telling everybody, like, hey, like some American kids are in here. One of them sucker punched me. <laughs> and uh, so they got caught in the first place. Don't take away his one little victory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was able to withstand kind of a, a, a torture beating. Yeah, I, well, that's true. He did take a, a lick in himself. Um, one other note I did want to bring up is that at the end of the episode, when you see... 
the mind flare calling all of the the infected humans back to form the meat monster, the, mm-hmm. the bigger meat monster. They're playing an interesting song. It sounds very kind of operatic, mm-hmm. and it sounds exactly like the music from Watchmen mm. when um, they're giving the backstory to Doctor Manhattan. It's got a very strange title, uh, I can't pick but that it just sounded so interesting. You, you know, with the the meat monster itself getting bigger. Do you think maybe we get into a kaiju kind of thing, like inside of Hawkins, like with all the people that it keeps coming back? That'd be kind of interesting. It's it's it like also a, fits in the eighties. It'd be a giant monster, like yeah, Godzilla level. Yeah, okay. that song is called Purit Ego and Prophecies. In case anybody's interested in hearing that, but yeah, like it hmm. sounds just like it, and I was like, huh, I wonder what that's supposed to imply. Because in obviously in Watchmen, that's the destruction of uh, Osterman's like entire molecular structure and then rebuilding himself as this god. As the perfect person, yeah. perfect being. So I was like, huh, maybe there's a correlation there. Jessica? Um, did we go into the title's meaning? We did not. Because it's Latin, It's right? Latin. for It's uh, from many one, yep. which obviously... Which makes sense. <laughs> ...goes right into the, the blob monster. Uh, yep. And then it also... Is the freight the motto for the United States? And this is the Fourth of July episode, or oh. one of the Fourth of July episodes. The last three episodes, I assume, are going to be about around Fourth of July. Yeah, so. which is also kind of ironically a very socialist uh, idea. But yet, here we are, the capitalist country. Well, we became we're the United States instead of these United States. Yeah. So it's from many one. It's all yeah. the states become one country. Yeah. Still a very socialist. Okay, idea. fair yeah. enough. That's fine. You yeah. can you can have that belief. I don't feel my individuality as a state right really. now. Okay, <laughs> don't try it on me. Uh, but <laughs> but yes, that I mean it's it's also with the whole episode being a lot about uh, America versus Russia kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, this is the Red Scare is a big thing in the eighties and stuff like that. So yeah, there you go. That's a so you think um, because the mind flare is out of the many townspeople it's becoming one mm-hmm. we're gonna have to have something similar on the good guy side like Voltron many, yeah Voltron. <laughs> that's what the military has been working on that's right <laughs> interlocking tigers yes do you think she calls 11 is able to get a hold of uh, was it 9 or 7 or whatever her name yeah, her sister essentially yeah well probably she not she was 8 yeah sure was she eight? I don't I think I read an article that they thought the audience didn't really love going into like other children with abilities, so I don't think they're gonna. I, I mean, I I, I think you're absolutely they right. They're not going to. But do, like, I feel like you, she needs more help. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. And other other than just pumping her full of steroids to to boost her or something, you you'd call in her cavalry, which would be the other people with powers. You need to give her some jolt cola ah. and right. see what she can do with that now that she's got her blood sugar Why back up. Why don't we just give her straight up cocaine? <laughs> <and see what laughs> there you go. Now you're talking. And that way the bloody nose is going to you know, have an explanation. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, folks. That's uh, all we have for episode six of season three of Stranger Things. If you have differing opinions or opinions on any of the stories we talked about, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. John is also on Twitter as... I am at Magic Bollocks. And you can now find Jessica on Twitter as... J.M. Bailey Writes. 
Get a hold of the rest of Geek Elite Media on Twitter at, at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We we produce high quality audio. That is exactly right, Dave, because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode. <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value. Listen to Blockbuster Mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms. And connect with us on Twitter at BlockbusterCast. So grab some popcorn, grab some snacks, we'll catch you guys at the movies. <laughs>